Welcome in to Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. Bonkers, blockbuster day. So much to get to. Uh, Fannie Willis, uh, well, things are done for her down in Georgia. It's just a matter of how it's all going to come down and whether or not she's going to lose her law license and uh, be charged with perjury, crimes, uh, and uh, beyond. Same thing for Nathan Wade. I'm going to break it down for you. I could not look away from the train wreck testimony that was going on. Uh, Trump has been set March 25th trial date in New York City for uh, the uh, Alvin Bragg bookkeeping felonies, misdemeanors being raised to a felony. Talk about that a little bit. Uh, the Chiefs parade shooting. Uh, there were a couple of heroic Chiefs fans. I want to make sure that we give them uh, the uh, the praise that they deserve. Uh, Vladimir Putin says he'd prefer Joe Biden beat Donald Trump in 2024. Uh, and I said on the radio about a half hour ago, an hour ago, that in my opinion, of all the instruments you could play, the flute was played by the biggest collection of losers. I stand by it. I'm not going to apologize to Big Flute. I'm going to double, triple down. Uh, we will discuss all of that. But we begin with Fannie Willis, with Nathan Wade, with the Georgia case against Donald Trump going up in flames. I couldn't believe what I was watching. Um, couple. The big picture is this case is over for Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade. They're both going to get removed. They're going to have to find a new DA to prosecute this case. Uh, since it's not a federal case, many people out there tried to argue this was the case that Trump had the most peril from. They are all wrong. I don't think this case will ever go to trial. I don't think anything is going to come of it. It is a epic bonfire disaster for left-wing activists what has happened here. Let me just take you through it. We don't know what year... Fannie Willis began to sleep with Nathan Wade, a prosecutor that she hired to be a part of her DA team. Uh, there was an under oath testimony that the relationship began in 2019. Nathan Wade denies and says it didn't begin until after he had been hired by Fannie Willis. Whatever you think of the particulars, here is the reality. Fannie Willis could have slept with any man on the planet, except for the man that she paid $650,000 in taxpayer funds, the married man that she paid to be her subordinate. She picked Nathan Wade. And uh, Tommy Laren uh, tweeted underneath when I shared this, the heart wants what the heart wants, Clay, uh, which is always a funny line. Anytime people, anytime people make ridiculous choices, um, this is bonkers. I, I mean, just crazy. And really what has happened here is they have caught Nathan Wade lying in a divorce affidavit compared to the affidavit he filed in this case. Now, he tried to finagle it, but basically he said that he had never cheated on his wife in their marriage in an affidavit. He then admitted that he had slept with Fannie Willis while he is married to his wife. When he was questioned on that, he said that in his opinion, his marriage ended in 2015, and therefore he had not cheated on his wife by sleeping with somebody else. Yeah, that's not how marriages work. You're still legally married to your wife. You lied either in the affidavit 
uh, to the court about the Fannie Willis relationship or you lied in the affidavit in your divorce case. It's virtually impossible to walk this line. He also said uh, that they split expenses. He and Fannie Willis, they went on trips all over the place. And I got a couple of thoughts on that. I mean, they went to Napa. They went to the Caribbean. I think they went to Mexico. They went to Tennessee. uh, So many different places out there. Only one receipt or one statement, since he tried to dispute what a receipt was versus a statement, only one statement showed Fannie Willis paying any of their travel costs at all. He said that while he paid for virtually everything, she reimbursed him. Asked how she reimbursed him, he said she paid cash. All right. I want any man who has ever taken a woman that he is sleeping with on vacation, that he has put on his credit card, cruise, trip to the Caribbean, trip to uh, you know the mountains of Tennessee, whatever you want to say. Has any man ever demanded that the woman that he was sleeping with go half-seas and pay him back in cash for the vacation? and stayed in a relationship. I don't believe that this has ever happened. Now, if you want out of the relationship and you want to show the woman that you're a no-good, dirty, rotten cheapskate, you can be like, hey, you owe me $74.36 for that steak dinner we just had. Hey, remember when we went to Mexico and we stayed at that resort and you slept with me 19 times in six days? Yeah, it turns out I need half from you. That's going to be $436.93. Okay? That does not happen. I understand the attempt to make it look like you weren't using all the taxpayer dollars to help fund your extravagant travel around uh, the country and around the region lifestyle. We all know you're lying. Also, I'm rich. I'm lucky to be rich. I don't ever have that much cash. I, I rarely have more than like $500 on me, ever. Unless I'm going to Vegas and I want to gamble and I take money out in advance or unless I won a lot of money in Vegas, I never have cash. Most of you out there right now, You don't walk around with thousands of dollars in cash. You just don't do it. You use a credit card. You pay for everything probably on your credit or debit card. The younger you are, the less likely you are to have cash. You Venmo, you Cash App, whatever. This dude is telling lie after lie after lie. And Fannie Willis is testifying, I believe, right now, Remember, she said before all this happened that the city of Atlanta deserves a DA that won't have sex with his employees because they deserve a DA that won't put money in their own pocket. That's what she said when she was campaigning in 2020. Now, I'm going to finish the show. I cannot wait to sit down in front of the television 
and watch this testimony because I couldn't believe what I was seeing from Nathan Wade earlier. Um, he said, and this I can tell you is 100% a lie, he said that sometimes he and Fanny Willis would drive to Tennessee for lunch. I'm sorry, that's a lie. I live in Tennessee. I live in Nashville. Anyone, I have, my kids are Atlanta Braves fans. I have driven down to Atlanta a ton. Anyone who has ever been in Atlanta and driven to Tennessee knows that you have to go through Chattanooga, my mom's hometown. It is impossible to drive through Chattanooga, Tennessee without getting struck in the, stuck in the worst traffic for the smallest city per capita that exists anywhere in the United States. You cannot drive smoothly through Chattanooga, Tennessee. You always get stuck there. It's a long drive to go Atlanta to Tennessee and turn around and come back. They might have gone to Tennessee to hop into a motel and bang and turn around and drive back. Maybe they did that. They did not go to Tennessee to have lunch at a restaurant and turn around and drive back. That 1 billion percent did not happen. I can tell you as someone that has made that drive a lot, there ain't no way I'm driving from Atlanta to Tennessee to eat anything food-wise and then turn around and drive all the way back. That did not happen. I think what happened was Fannie Willis been banging this dude for a while. She was reckless. She was uh, drunk on her own power. And she wanted to be able to be around him. And maybe she got turned on a little bit by being his boss. Maybe her stress relief was every now and then she banged her chief, uh, chief attorney. Maybe she got turned on by sitting across the desk banging this married dude. I don't know. But the case is over. And her career may be over, and she may be disbarred, and same thing may be true for Nathan Wade, and I told you this was going to happen, and even they're saying it on MSNBC. When they are saying on MSNBC, this is a disaster, this is an embarrassing mess, these two need to step down, this is a clusterfuck of epic proportions, and there is no way these two can stay in their positions. They'll have to get a new DA. This case is going to slowly get frittered away. No chance of it ever coming to trial before um, before we get to the election in November. And I think this actually helps Trump a lot in Georgia, which is a toss-up state that I think Trump is going to win comfortably in 2024. Because remember, you got cases in Florida. Trump's going to win Florida easily. You got cases in New York. Trump's going to lose New York. Got a case in D.C. Trump's going to lose D.C. Georgia was the only place where there were felony charges brought where the location itself was a swing state, which now has a new meaning, by the way. Uh, Double entendre here to be sure. I don't think there's any way that this case is still a viable pursuit of Trump. It going up in flames, I think, singes the other cases involved. Um... And I think this is an awful day for Joe Biden and his collusion of lawyers that they were trying to use to put Trump in prison for the rest of his life. And it's just reckless. If you're Fannie Willis 
and you are bringing charges against a former president for the first time ever and trying to put him in prison for the rest of his life, how in the world do you make the decision to sleep with your subordinate? And then lie about it under oath. She's done. I think her entire career is over. um, And she may get disbarred. And she may end up facing her own criminal charges over this. Um, Just a crazy story. I hope it gets covered as adequately as it should. Because the state of Georgia paid Nathan Wade $650,000. And he used that money to go on extravagant vacations with his boss, Uh, They had an affair, his marriage broken up in some way, uh, and I don't see any way that she is uh, not, um, that she is not done. Uh, Right now, she declared the fact that she's having to testify under oath is contrary to democracy. She's upset and says that she's offended by the entire process. Guess what? When you bang your subordinate and you pay him with taxpayer money, and you try to put the former president of the United States uh, in prison for the rest of his life, you're finished. Trump is often the beneficiary of the idiocy of his opponents, and I think that's never been clearer than what's going on right now with Fannie Willis. All right, other news. There is now a March 25th trial date set in New York City. Um, That is in the Alvin Bragg bookkeeping misdemeanor that he has elevated to a fraud, uh, to a felony. I think this is a huge benefit for Trump. Of all four of the cases that were brought against him, this is by far the weakest and the most absurd. And I don't think it's going to have any impact. And so getting to start with another New York City trial, they're already going after his business, Uh, They're already going after him for 20-some-odd-year-old sex assault allegations. Now you get to go to New York City. I think this totally gets lost in the shuffle. I think now Democrats, who thought they were going to get Trump dead to rights, are desperate on the Jan 6th case in Washington, D.C. That's their Hail Mary now. That's uh, That's their North Star That is their last saving grace. South Florida is not happening before the election. Nobody's going to care about March 25th, uh, the the trial in New York City. I'm not sure anybody's going to care about the Jack Smith case because that's a rigged jury uh, because it's a 95% Democrat jury or whatever it is. Uh, But I do think that that one going first is actually uh, way uh, way more beneficial going forward for Trump, and I'm increasingly of the opinion that all of this lawfare that Joe Biden has brought to bear is going up in smoke and actually working to Trump's benefit because it is showing you how rigged and ridiculous the system is against him. Uh, Yesterday, I want to make sure that I get these names right, so I'm going to look them up uh, as I'm speaking to you. There were a couple of uh, stars out there, uh, heroes, who helped to ensure that the shooters at the Kansas City Parade were not able to injure any more people than, sadly, they did. Um, And I want to make sure that I get their names right. 
I shared one of them. One of the hero Chiefs fans that tackled the alleged shooter, Paul Contreras. Another one was a man named Paul Filter. Those names, I want to make sure, I might not have pronounced them correctly, but I want to make sure that we give these heroes their due. We still, at least so far as I know, have not been given the names of the shooters at the Chiefs parade, but it appears to have been a dispute that had nothing to do with the Chiefs parade and two people or more who had issues with each other just opened up firing handguns in a crowded Chiefs parade situation uh, and killed, tragically, one mother of two and many others were shot as well. I think over 20 injured, but it doesn't appear to have been targeted at the Chiefs parade at all. In fact, this is emblematic of what happens all too often in American cities every day. That is, young men, almost always young men, who typically have a long record of violent behavior, are not kept behind bars, and are instead allowed to be out on the streets, and they end up victimizing 100% innocent people. And not surprisingly, Adam Schefter and Rich Eisen and Robert Griffin III, and I'm sure there were many other public sports media figures who immediately demanded gun control as soon as they heard about this shooting, are probably going to stop paying attention now because they almost pay no attention to most violent crime in cities, particularly when, as here, it appears to involve two young black men. The reality is this. If we really want to address shootings in America, we have to have conversations about who does the shooting. And overwhelmingly, as a percentage of the population, young black men commit exorbitant percentages of the shootings, right? Black men between the ages of 16 and 40 represent about 2 or 3% of the United States population. They commit over half of all murders. I want you to think about that for a sec. 2 or 3% of the population, young black men, commit over half of all murders in the United States. Most people, certainly not people in sports media who are talking about the Kansas City Chiefs shooting, parade shooting, will even mention that. Because the racial dynamics of who commits shooters makes them so uncomfortable that they won't address it. To me, you got to have honest conversations. You can't solve violent crime without focusing your investigation on the people who commit violent crime. Overwhelmingly, the victims of young black men are other young black men. The rate of murder for young black men is off the charts compared to white and Asian and even overwhelming compared to Hispanic individuals in this country. So instead of talking about, oh, let's get rid of guns, if you want to get rid of guns, I'm a First Amendment guy, make the argument to get rid of guns. And some of you do. And if you want to repeal the Second Amendment and you want to confiscate all the guns in America, 
you have the right to do so in the Democrat political process if you get the Second Amendment repealed. Go for it. Make that argument. Don't tiptoe up to it and say guns are the problem, and then when I ask for specifics, okay, specifically what should be done to stop this from happening, there are probably a dozen, 20 felonies that were violated, laws, in what these guys did in their shooting at Kansas City. We've prohibited this for murders illegal. What I believe should happen is violent criminals should be taken off the streets and put into prison and kept there. I think that would make everyone safer, white, black, Asian, Hispanic. That's what should happen. The reason it doesn't is because young black men commit too many of violent crimes and people are concerned that the proportion of people in prison is too too racially divisive because too many black men are in prison. Let me ask you this. Does anybody ever say, and they say, oh, the uh, prison system is racist. Criminal justice system is racist. Let me ask you this. Anyone ever say criminal justice system and our prison system is sexist? I never hear that argument. 95% of all violent felonies are committed by men. Men are only half of the population. Why are women only committing 5% of violent felonies? Why are the police sexist? You never hear that argument. It's because women don't commit crimes at anywhere near the level that men do, and they certainly don't commit anywhere near as many violent crimes. So let's have an actual discussion about where crime is, who commits it, and how we stop it, not by immediately saying guns are the problem. And let me give you one analogy to think about here. I have never been arrested so far. I am 44 years old. I have a spotless criminal history. I've never been arrested for a crime. I've never been handcuffed. I've never been placed in the back of a police car. I have never come close, to my knowledge, to ever being arrested for any criminal violation. Chances are, most of you watching or listening to this are similar. It's actually quite rare that you would be arrested. You know the average person who commits a murder has been arrested double-digit times? Double digits. They've committed a bevy of violent crimes before they get arrested. Worth thinking about how that happens, okay? So that is part one. Part two is this that I would would ask you, everyone out there, to uh, think about. I've never been arrested, as I said. If I got a DUI, you guys know I like to drink beer. I even have my own beer company. Um, I like liquor. Um, I enjoy having an adult beverage. Usually, if I'm going to have even one adult beverage, I take an Uber. I take Ubers everywhere. I just don't want to risk it. I don't want to have to worry about getting behind the wheel. Um, But if I got arrested for a DUI, and if my defense was, after my DUI arrest, it's not my problem, I didn't break the law, the issue here is cars, the car is the issue with my DUI. Every single one of you out there would roll your eyes and you'd be like, you got behind the wheel, dude. You drank too much. 
you violated the law and then you got behind the wheel and you drove a car. Your DUI is not a car problem. It's a you problem. You are responsible for the choices that you made that led to you getting arrested for a DUI. And I would agree with that entire argument. But every time there's a gun incident, people on the left, instead of blaming the criminals who violate the law with the guns, immediately say the gun is the issue. The car isn't the issue with the DUI, just like the gun isn't the issue with the shooting. The person is the issue that violated the law. I would just encourage you to use that analogy in your head every time you see the Adam Schefters or the RG3s or the Rich Eisens of the world. Let me mention Rich Eisen in particular, too, because I said this on Twitter as well. You know what the first thing we did in Ukraine when Russia invaded was? Pass out guns to every man that would take a gun in the country. Much of those weapons have been purchased by our taxpayer dollars. As soon as Russia invaded, the first thing Ukraine did was say, give us more guns, and they got guns in the hands of as many of their citizens as they could. You know what happened on October 7th? Rich Eisen's Jewish. I would love to hear him explain this. Hamas stormed into innocent people's homes, raped, murdered, pillaged Jewish people because of their religious faith, because of their ethnicity. It's the largest slaughter of Jews since the Holocaust. Do you think any of the Jewish people that had guns to protect themselves thought, man, I wish I didn't have a gun today? Of course not. Just think about that. The first thing we do when our country is under threat, we want weapons in the hands of citizens. The first thing we want when our families are under attack, we want weapons in our own hands. And you want to take those weapons away from law-abiding citizens? There are hundreds of millions of guns in the United States. How are you going to seize them all? And do you think criminals are going to continue to obey the law? They're not already. Just a really bad argument, bad faith, bad logic that I see playing out all the time. All right, a couple of different things. And then I'm not doing a show, by the way, tomorrow or Monday. It's midwinter break, whatever that is. Uh, I'm going to be down in Florida with my oldest son. I'll be doing Clay and Buck from down there. I think Monday is President's Day. Uh, I'll be doing the radio show from down there, but just FYI. Vladimir Putin says he'd prefer Joe Biden against Donald Trump. Um, by the way, Trey Filter's wife, Casey, grabbed a gun after Trey and Paul Contreras tackled a shooter, uh, trying to give credit to all the people that were involved in stopping the shooters at the Kansas City uh, Chiefs Parade. Vladimir Putin says he'd prefer Joe Biden beat Donald Trump because he thinks Biden, uh, Joe Biden is more predictable, basically. I'm paraphrasing um, Vladimir Putin. Of course. Putin didn't invade Ukraine for Donald Trump's entire tenure. And then shortly after Joe Biden went into office, Vladimir Putin invaded. Do you think that was a coincidence? No, he was afraid of what Trump might do. Dictators fear uncertainty. 
he was afraid that Trump would actually take action against him. Dictators take, uh, they only believe in strength. They will take whatever they can. They knew Biden was weak. So I take Putin at his word. I think he would prefer that Biden beat Trump in 2024. Now, some people are already out there saying, well, of course he would say that because he's KGB and he actually, no, I think he's just being honest in this case. He knows that Biden is predictable and weak. He fears what Trump might do. All you have to do is look at his own behavior. He had four years he could have invaded Ukraine when Trump was president. Nobody can explain to me why he didn't. If he was in cahoots with Trump, why did he wait till Trump left office to actually invade Ukraine? No one with a very good argument can explain that. Uh, So I think that's true. Finally, I'm going to stick by it. I'm going to double down on it. I'm going to triple down on it. I'll quadruple down on it. Earlier today on Clay and Buck, we were talking about musical instruments. Buck said that he played a musical instrument. He wouldn't tell us which one it was. He refuses to acknowledge what musical instrument he played growing up. I said, and I stand by it, of all the musical instruments to play, the flute is the biggest loser instrument. Now, some of you out there may be huge Peter Pan fans. You may think to yourself, you know what I love to do in my free time? I like to hold a penis-shaped object close to my mouth, and I like to blow on it. That may be what floats your boat. Personally, I think the flute is played by the biggest group of losers of all music people. There are instruments that lead to women throwing themselves at you. The guitar, the drums, maybe the saxophone. There are also instruments that lead people running in the opposite direction from you of the opposite sex. I would submit the flute is one of them. But some are calling me a flutist. Some have taken aim at my anti-flute comments. And I would say to all of them, you do you, brother. If you want to hold a penis-shaped object close to your mouth and you want to blow on it, you blow on that penis-shaped object to make sounds to the best of your ability. And I hope that you will live a happy, fruitful life blowing on your penis-shaped object to make sounds. For the rest of us, we'll pick other instruments to approve of, to support, and we will continue to let you know that of all the instruments you could have played, you picked the one that a loser would pick. My name is Clay Travis. I'm headed to Florida to the beach. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP, I'll be doing Clay and Buck tomorrow. Uh, and uh, and then I'll be into the weekend, then I'll do Clay and Buck Monday. I'll be back without Kick the Show on Tuesday. I'm going to go watch Fannie Willis testify now. Thank you for hanging. This has been Outkick the Show. DBAP unless you need to SBAP, and play that flute, flutist. See y'all.